today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome one and all to the Catholic Man Show. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles in studio. I have some sad news. What is it? I have some sad news about Juan. Yeah. Let's all just take a moment, if you will, to to add Juan to your prayers, for he will not be with us for not one month, but two months. Two full months. I don't know why we're praying for Juan. We should be praying for the rest of us. Well, that's true. Yeah. Like, especially for the people coming to the camp out. Right. So Juan is 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 he's not our with chef. Us. He's our chef for the camp out, and he's our producer. I but don't know. I, I think I don't know if anybody's gonna come. <laughs> now that the some, news is I wasn't gonna tell anybody yeah, until we're gonna get some cancellations. Until the camp until just they showed up. They're like, oh yeah, Juan's not here. It's like, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh Juan is 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 leaving on business for a little while, so he's going to be gone for for two months. So keep him and and his family in your prayers. So we're going to be doing the next two months without Juan, meaning that Dave is going to be on the buttons. So Lord help us. You're doing great, man. <laughs> uh, so today we're gonna we're gonna should I just jump into the drink? Is that? I mean, do you have any other announcements? Well, that you I mean, need to we make? just we just debuted a new intro. I feel oh like yeah. Well, I think I've actually done it before, but not on live. Not on an episode. I, oh really? Negative. Oh well, hopefully everybody enjoyed that. I hope so. If not, then you can tell. Send your emails to Dave. I will happily forward them to you. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. That, that You're happens. welcome. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, you want to get into the drink? Here, I'll let you introduce it if you'd like. Okay. Uh, we're drinking Douglas Lang's Rock Oyster, product of Scotland. So this is a blended, a blended Scotch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I'm a bad person to introduce it because I don't know anything about it. But it's in a, according to the bottle, it's an extraordinary character with uh, maritime island qualities. So it's the same guy. Douglas Lang's is the same guy who who uh, did the Big Pete. If Which you've... we had that one on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is. He's done this one as well. The color of this looks v- uh, um, very Ardbegian. Yeah, it doesn't look like 
it's been aged for very long. But Ardbeg is that way too, where it's very, very light in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anticipate Jim, wave you, soaked rocks and a salty ocean. I'll give you a little bit, even though you don't like scotch. Fresh influence on the nose. Um. So yeah. So is it a small batch? It's uh, hmm. a little, little interesting. We got some reverb on my mic, is what I've been told. Some but, late, late pepper. Uh, it's vatted, 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 v a t t e d. Vatted is what I would say. Uh, which is interesting. It's it basically means it's uh, blended malt. It's a it's like the formal version of blended malt. So blended blended scotch. So uh, including those distilled on the rightly esteemed islands of Isla Jura. Uh, Aaron mm-hmm. and Orkney. Man, I'm glad Orkney's not my name. So, so it's gonna it's gonna have a little it's gonna have the smoky peatiness to it, especially with you know the guy mm. who distilled the big peat. Yeah, it's yeah. going to have so some it's, of that. That's uh, my speed. I'll tell you. One of the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers, Cheers to Jesus. So like like we said, it's it's a very light color, a very light yellow, like Ardbeg. If it's from Jura, you know, if it's a blended of Jura and the Isla, Isla Islands. Hmm. Uh, Aaron Aaron is a is a malt that's highly underrated in my opinion. It's only about thirty five dollar bottle for the ten year, maybe forty dollars. But it's a it's a really good Scotch in general. What did you think of it? So my initial thought was right away there was very little flavor. Like I'm talking, you know, the the few instants of my the first few instants of my sip, my first sip. But then, that quickly went away, and it had a nice iodine, nice iodine flavor, you know? Like, straight out of a Petri dish, which I really do mean it's a, a good thing. On the nose, I, I get green apple. Hmm. Yeah, I get, I get uh, a very citrus smell on the nose. How much was this bottle? It was about $55, I think. Okay. It's about 55 Mm-hmm. Kind of the entry level, really, for blended scotches, in, for the most part. Did Trump put a... Did Trump put tariffs? Yes. He put tariffs on he Scotland did. and and Irish whiskey. Scotches and Irish whiskeys are going to have 25% like, look, tariff. Trump. All right. It's like, you're going. This has gone too far. This is getting a little ridiculous. We're getting out of hand here. If we're especially if we're 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 like putting tariffs on personally, scotch. Personally, so I don't so care. Stock up. I don't care if you put tariffs on shoes or other stuff. I haven't bought shoes in in years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have shoes, but I'm always running out of scotch. Right. <laughs> So we just did a episode on Catholic Answers Focus. I'm gonna have to write, I'm gonna have to call him. Give him give him a call. Send hey, him a text. Sh- I'll shoot him a text. Yeah, maybe tweet him. I, I hear he's <laughs> the other day. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, we're gonna. I'm I'm diverting this. Uh, we. That's that's my story. That's all of it. Good. Uh, we just did a Catholic Answers Focus episode on uh, the virtue of temperance and drinking yeah. with Cy Kellett. That was a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so if you're wondering, hey, why are these guys drinking on air? You can go to catholic.com 
go to catholic.com anyway there's a ton of great articles and audio for for you to listen to but you can you can go there you can go to, just type in catholic answers focus the first one that pops up cuz we're the most recent uh, shows our episode so you can kind of get an understanding depending on when you listen to this correct yeah um so you can get an understanding of why we drink on air with the virtue of temperance the virtue of moderation um, the importance of of knowing oneself because moderation looks different for everybody etc cetera, etc cetera. correct so anyway uh how's how's your prayer life been my prayer life has been it's been good overall uh yeah so today i went to adoration and they adoration was closed for columbus day i guess we do that hmm. typically if this if public schools are closed they, they'll follow just the local and you forgot so did you just hang but out the, the public in, schools in the are church? not closed today so I did. I uh, I was the only one in the sanctuary, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Like it was a good example for me of how a space can um, elevate your prayer. You know how the a setting helps set you in it's the so right place. It's so funny because uh, just the, the vaulted ceilings, the echoiness of you know, like. But that isn't it weird quiet, that some of the biggest places you you almost feel the most intimate as well? Right. It's so weird yeah. that, like, I'll go to Holy Family Cathedral here in Tulsa and just spend time there, which is a beautiful cathedral. Um, it's just gorgeous. The altar is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'll just sit there and... And even though the tabernacle might be far away, it still, it still feel, is like you're there. It's very. It's still a very intimate feeling. Yeah. And I think it's probably because the the architecture, the aesthetics of the building promote... Uh, the sacred. Yeah. So I was there in the, I said my rosary. I'm in the sanctuary all by myself. Really good acoustics. Did you sing? I did some singing. Really? Yeah. What'd you sing? Well, I sang the Salve Regina Mm -hmm. for the end of my rosary. And I sang the Tantum Ergo before I left. I thought you were going to say, Jesus is my friend. (laughs) I have a friend in Jesus. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is me, Pana. (laughs) But that's no, not what you said. I didn't. I didn't actually go with that one. Okay. Yeah. Opportunity missed. Yeah. Swing and a miss. But you did. Yeah, you so, just can't get moments like that back. Did you? Did you do the Ave? Yeah. Oh no, not the Ave Maria. No. No. Okay. No. I thought about it, but you know, I. You didn't do it. I was. I just didn't. But it was still nice to do. I enjoyed it. Nice. Mm-hmm. What nice. about you? What about what about you? My prayer life? Yeah. Uh, it's it's going okay. It's not. I'm just trying to just stick to a, a regiment. Been tr- trying my best to do the auxiliary Christian Orm in the morning mm-hmm. because I've I have found that if I waited till like noon or something like that, not gonna that. It's not gonna happen. So wouldn't, wouldn't be prudent. So I've been trying to do that as soon as I as soon as I pull. I have to have these rituals. If I don't if I don't set rituals for my prayer life, yeah. It, it does. It just doesn't happen. Totally. And so I have this the ritual of as soon as I pull into my office, my office parking lot before I walk in. That's when I. That's when I. I, I pray the auxiliary Christian Orm. That's when you do your own office, so to speak, quote unquote. See what I did there? I do. High five. That was nice. I like that pun. Thank you. Um. So yeah. So it's going okay. Glad to hear it. When we get back. We have an interesting topic to today on uh, men in the parish life, also the importance of men grouping together. 
We're going to give you something free. We're going to give you, the listener, something free when we get back. So we're on the Lutz team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're drinking some Rock Oyster blended scotch today. It's really good. Uh, I'll just tell you my own opinion is that for $55, I'd rather pay $40 and get Ardbeg. The 10 year. It's like $45 now. Yeah, it, dep- it depends on where you go. But yeah. Thanks to the tariffs. <laughs> I don't even think that's with the tariff. I think you're right. I think it's going <laughs> to go up more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a decent blended scotch, is what I have to say. Yeah. I mean. Oh it, yeah, I know it is. It's good, but uh, for the money, I, it would be good for for the people who are wanting to get into more of the peaty, smoky side because it's not aggressive peat and you're smoke. You're right. It's not as much as Ardbeg. It right. is. It is a little bit more muted. Um, so, so that's yeah. So that's something. That, that could be. Or you could just water down your Ardbeg sure. a little bit, you know. The thing is, if you're buying a scotch in this vein, the PD Smoky, it's really hard for me not to buy Laphroaig or Ardbeg, the 10-year of both, mm-hmm. you know, like, because those are just so good. Especially now that the weather's changing, man, that's when I like the PD and, and Smoky scotches is whenever the weather's getting a little cooler outside i do too i almost was tempted to light a fire in the fire i almost did yesterday i I, I, I so i even and then i went outside and it's like oh it's it's, almost 70 degrees yeah so i didn't do it i even asked Haley's like do you think i could and she's like it's still kind of warm outside and you're like yeah you're right but yeah Haley was having some people you know the some girls over yesterday for their mm -hmm. curcio thing right their weekly gathering and i was like i'll light a fire for the girls right it'll be for for the for the ladies right I was like, no, I can't do that. Dave, so you and I have talked quite a bit uh, in previous episodes about the importance of men getting together, the importance of yeah, men's yeah. groups. Uh, so today on our our man gear, you know, we we just had our man drink the rock oyster. For for the man gear, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the groups that we've been in, but our, our gear is actually going to be this pamphlet. Uh, it is what we put together, it's how to start Catholic men's groups. It's it's an awesome pamphlet, and we're going to give it away for free. Uh, I'm going to set up a landing page tomorrow morning, so if you're listening to this tonight, it won't be there, but it'll be on our landing page tomorrow morning. Go to thecatholicmansion.com. It gives uh, seven steps. The Ides of October. Yes, the Ides yeah. of October. Yeah. It'll be ready on the Ides. Sure. Uh, seven. It has seven steps for forming, for forming a men's group, things to, to not do. I think... Th- the things not to do is almost just as important as the things that you should do. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of things you should do, but there's a few that you shouldn't. That'll just crush the group. Yeah. Um, it's suggested material for, for meeting together. So anyway, we're going to give this away in PDF form. Um, go to thecatholicmanshow.com, and we'll we'll give this away. So that way, you, ideally, you read this and you say, and if you guys don't have a men's group already... Uh, you start one. So let's talk a little bit about the importance of men's groups. Let's start out with the the size of a men's group. Okay. Uh, let's, so so yeah. uh, depending on the group and the and the purpose of the group, the size 
um, will will vary. So if you're talking about a men's club at the parish, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could be up to a hundred or more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good. I think that there, there's a place for those kind of groups too to to make like sh- the Knights of Columbus, right? Or- to feel a part of a greater of the whole. Sure, y- you know what I mean? Because that there is a lot of benefit in that where you come all come together and it's like you've got all these reinforcements psychologically. I think that is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is really most important is to have a group of four, five, or six. Mm-hmm. And then if you start to get like if you're starting to get into double digits, I think your group is too big. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that is a, a real problem that I think people often encounter. And we need to strip ourselves of the attitude that says splitting up the group is a failure. Splitting up the group is not a failure; it's a success. That means what you've been doing is is so good and so attractive, and that men are desiring it so much that your group is growing to the point where. It's too large to function as as the intimate, you know, in the way it's intended. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign, right? Um, another thing that you could consider doing is closing your group. You know, saying Bringing it closed, like you know, these we're all best friends, mm-hmm. you know, and we are going to. It's only us, you know, um, and I think there's value in that too. I don't think that that's bad to say no. We're not inviting other people to our group. So a from the beginning in your men's group, decide what's the purpose. Are you open to new people coming? Or are you not? Mm-hmm. But I think the the primary group that a man needs is a small group that we that meets maybe weekly. Um, you know, like we we have our Tuesday morning group. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about our Tuesday morning group because we I think we should talk about our Tuesday morning group versus our monthly group that we that we meet with. So our Tuesday morning group for the last almost eight years we've been meeting every Tuesday morning. Uh, for the last like six years, it's been at IHOP, which is pretty awesome because uh, we have our own back room where we get to, we, we yeah. get to be. We have our, the server, the, the waitress that is there. She has all of our stuff basically ready by the time we get there. Yeah, they let us sit in the room by ourselves. Right, which is nice because then we get uh, a little bit of privacy and we have the opportunity to talk. So we, so it's it's you and me, Juan, our buddy Scott, and then Sam Guzman from the Catholic Gentleman. We get we all get together and we read something or we have some kind of discussion based on uh, current events within the church. Yeah, or at least we tell ourselves we're reading something. Well, we're about to start tomorrow. We're starting a new one. Yes, Ar- uh, Arcanum Vitae. Yes, the, Divine. Uh, yes, Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Divine encyclical on the Christian marriage. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a patron, you go to Patreon.com/slash/TheCatholicManShow. You can. We're going to be posting our notes that we've uh, for, from the meeting, so that way, hopefully, you start. And your men's group reading it as well, and we can compare notes, and we can we can talk about it yeah. a little bit more. But that is, I think, one of the probably the biggest question that we've had is, you know, we I have this group of men where we'd be happy to meet together, but we don't know what to do when we get together. Mm-hmm. Um, what should you know? What is the what's the medium? What's the meat of the meeting? And it is helpful to have a resource to go through together. Um, I don't think that it should be. I think if you ask people to read whatever it is beforehand, it that, doesn't happen. That just ensures that no one will do it. Right. Okay. Because no one wants home. Men don't want homework. Right. Um, is basically what it is. Is like, listen, we have uh, families, we have di- jobs, we have extracurricular activities. I don't have necessarily, and I have my own study time that I have to study for my own personal gain. Uh, I don't have a, more time to develop to that. So it's better to have something that you read together on location. Right. 
But I think that in the encyclicals of the church are a, a wealth. I mean, it's if they're all about the right size. Most of most encyclicals are short. Right. Um, where you know, if you're getting together in an evening, maybe in a couple meetings, you might make it through the whole encyclical. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of late, Pope Francis's encyclicals are significantly longer than encyclicals of the past. I think the longest two encyclicals are both written by Pope Francis. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, his encyclicals have been much lengthier. Okay. Um, so, Or the Wednesday audiences by JP2 that... They're yeah. now known as theology of the body. Yeah. So if if you are if you have a grasp on theology of the body, then I think reading his his Wednesday audience addresses mm-hmm. um, is very helpful. I know we got a lot out of it, but we had all uh, we none of us were brand new to the theology of the body, you know, and right. it was hard enough. It was that was kind of a hard resource, I thought, for us. But if oh, it was definitely hard because I mean, there was times where we didn't even get through a one Wednesday audience in a sitting. Yeah, and we meet at six thirty, six forty-five, depending on who gets there when. Yeah, uh, and we go till almost eight o'clock. So yeah. we have almost an hour and a half. So I think that you need your small group should be your intimate, close friends. These are the the guys. It's like this guy's helping me get to heaven, right? And if they're not, if they're, they might be your best friend, but if they're not helping you get to heaven, they shouldn't be part of this group, mm-hmm. um, unless he's willing to be, unless he's willing to do that, to seriously. take that step, right? Okay, so then the bigger the group, the less often I think you should meet, is kind of a rule of thumb. Okay, um, and then so have a resource. If you're meeting in the evening, it's a great idea I think to have you know smoke cigars and drink, have a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, because that just seems to really facilitate a good conversation. But let's see, what are the things not to do? Okay, so so in, in this pamphlet that we're giving a giveaway, you go to catholicmancho.com, we're, we're going to give this this away as a PDF. But there's a couple things that we that we should not do that you and I have learned over the past eight to ten years that we've been doing men's groups and starting men's groups, and we've learned a lot of things that we shouldn't changing do. Changing them a bunch of times. Yeah, changing yeah. them a bunch. One of the things is, is uh, don't have one guy lecture. Uh, here's the deal. Men... Are, a lot of businessmen sit through business meetings all day long. They sit through lectures. They sit through business meetings. They sit through, sit through conference calls. If they're going to give give up a night uh, from their away from their family to go listen to another quote unquote lecture, it's going to be hard to get them there. Yeah, uh, and that's not really what the the i the idea of this group should be. It should be more about conversation, growing together in virtue, growing together in Christ. Yeah, I think it should be a discussion. Right, more of a discussion. Um, And so uh, one thing is is don't let one person dominate the conversation. Mm -hmm. Don't let them give the lecture, quote-unquote. That's that's one big thing to do. Right. Um, Do you want me to give you you another one? Yeah. Uh, Don't overburden the host. That's that's mm-hmm. one that, that we've been that we've kind of we've burned some bridges in the past of yeah don't make it where one guy it's his job he always comes up with the material to read he always provides the snacks you know that kind of stuff right uh, this should be a community thing it should be if you're growing together you know everybody bring one of the things that we do on our spirit and smokes which is a, a monthly deal that uh, group that we meet with everybody brings two beers to share with everybody right and that gives you an opportunity so you to get one, you get a little pour of yeah, every, everyone little, that everybody brought yeah. And, let and me that, ask you this. Okay. Um, open to non-Catholics. See, that's a man. That's an open. That's a big question. Depends on the depends on it the depends group. Depends on the group. It Are depends. you trying to You know, you trying to reach out and evangelize to people? If it's a closed group, you know, I think. If no, you're meeting I, weekly, I don't think so because the the point of meeting weekly is is to 
take to, serious your faith. Is to become a better Catholic. Right. I mean, I think that's really your most your number one priority. Once you got that taken care of, other groups, I think it's okay. Right. I agree. So when we get back, we're going to talk about the importance of men in the parish life. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. We just got done talking about how to start a Catholic men's group. We're going to give away a pamphlet. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com. We'll send it to you free PDF version so you can print it out and start your own Catholic men's group if you have not done so already. I was trying to figure out a topic for this episode this week, and most of the time the topics come to me in adoration, but it did not come to me in adoration. I felt like it was almost for- Have you ever done something like, I'm going to adoration for a specific purpose, and you just keep trying to force this, I, you know, like, oh, God's going to tell me about this, yeah. this topic, because I'm sitting in front of him, you know, so he's going to tell me about it. Yeah. It's like, that's not how God works. You know, you don't get to dictate what he tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah, but usually when I've done that, when I'm doing that, it's because I already have an idea, but I don't like it. just want to affirm But it's it. like, no, no, or I don't like oh, it. It's like, oh, oh, okay, well, that's a good backup idea. <laughs> but I'm going to go look for some real, like, some real authentic inspiration, something where I can sit back and be like, wow, I went and prayed and God inspired me, you know, like a right. sweet prayer story I can tell just about how holy my prayer life is and all this stuff. And then I go in there and get nothing. It's like, well, I guess I'll have to do this other thing, just my backup idea. And then that's when I realized like, that was yeah, the, the idea. that's what I should do. Right. That is the thing that I should do. Yeah. And I actually would love to talk about this, uh, this topic with Michael Gormley. Uh, do you know Michael Gormley? Yeah. Gomer, he, he does the Catching Foxes yeah. and Every Knee Shall Bow. I, think, I really like Every Knee Shall Bow. You should check that out as well. Okay. Um, but because uh, he's really big on community. I just don't like all the cussing. Right. I understand with with Catching Foxes. Yeah. I, I understand that. Um, but uh, he's really big on community and like trying to implement discipleship within the, their parish. I'd really love to actually talk to him about this topic sometime. sometime. But... Um, Dave, you and I have gone to many, many parishes. We've talked to, at several men's groups, many men's groups. And one of the things that I find interesting is that the bigger the parish, the heart, and this, these are broad, broad brushes. I understand that this isn't for every, this isn't everybody's story. Don't send me emails saying that my, yours is different. I'm just saying like, in gen, this is generalizations. Unless yours really is different. He wants to know. If it is different, he wants I'd to I'd be know. interested in what you're doing. Maybe. Um, but it seems that the bigger the parish, the harder it is for men to actually take ownership in the parish. Yeah. So, for example, the parish that we go to, we've been we've been members at since we were baptized there. We've received all of our sacraments there. Yeah. Uh, so, our our parents were were kind of the generation that started that that parish. Like they were some of the founding members of that parish. Right. And so, if you go to the men's groups there, it's those those men. Those men are there, yeah, and, and they they rarely miss. Yeah, no, the it's men's st- it's still the same. It's the same guys, the same guys who, who were th- in their thirties when the parish was was founded in the nineteen eight in nineteen eighty. And now they're in their sixties and seventies, right? And so, but the reason why is is because when they were founding this parish, they didn't have the money to outsource all of this right. stuff, and so they had to lay their own sod. Right, right. Like today, I think we have about eighteen hundred 
registered families? Is that yeah at our parish? Does that sound yeah about mm-hmm. right? And it was hundred, just a couple hundred, or or a hundred at the, in the beginning. Yeah, and, and if you, so, but it seems like that there's not very many that go to it outside of uh, those men. And the I think the re, one of the reasons why is because is there's no way of men putting their own thumbprint on their own DNA right. on in the parish. They don't have to take ownership in it. Yeah. So because it's so, excuse me, because it's so big, they don't. They feel like that. Well, if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that was very interesting in our parish with our previous pastor, we had a all night adoration one night, and he said in his homily, "Men, I expect you to sign up. I expect you to sign up." Yeah. And when he said that, I, I was remember like, that. I was like. Uh, before he said that, I was like, yeah, I should probably do that. But I wasn't very affirmed in that decision. And then he said, I expect you to sign up. And I was like, well, I better sign up. My priest is, is expecting me to do so. Right. Yeah. He called us out right. specifically um, to cover the midnight, the overnight shifts. He said, you know, he said, if you're a man and you're hearing me, I expect you to sign up. So I don't know. And But it did. That resonated with me. I was like, all right. I wasn't going to. But, but if that's what if you that's know, what you need, that the truth is, all a priest has to do is ask people to do like the men anyway. Like I hope that's what well, that. even even today, you know, they do all these surveys, peer research, blah 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 blah. One of the things that they ask people is, if your priest asked you to do something, would you do it? Almost almost everybody says yes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's in the ninety percent. Like yeah, well, if my priest asked me to do something, I would do it. Mm-hmm. So, like. They, I think they're just afraid to wield that power. And, you know, if you wield it too much, you know, you keep, if you keep going to the same well. Right, but men get, are ready to respond, you know, for this kind of thing. Yeah, and most of the men who, who come back to the church, when they ask them, what made you come back? They, they say, I was invited. Right. That's the, main, that's the main reason why they came back is because they were invited. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, don't you think that it's tough? I think that each you know, parish size has a challenge, but the bigger parishes have a challenge of, how do I incorporate men taking ownership in this parish because there's so many of them? Do you think that's accurate? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because, in like you said, in, in the small parish, you feel needed. A it's ma- because a man, if you don't do it, it's not getting done. A man wants to to know that he's needed, right? Um, and so at these big parishes, oh, who mows the yard? Who mows the lawn? Well, we pay somebody for that. Who does the flowers? We pay somebody for that. Who? Who painted the church? You know, hadn't been painted in ten years. Who, who painted it? Well, we hired we hired somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that is a mistake. I think it's a big too. mistake. You know, when I really when it really hit home with me hmm. when we uh, were talking to Father Jonathan Meyer, and he was telling us that he has four parishes. He has four parishes, and guess how many people he has on staff? Two. Two. Yeah. A total of two with four parishes, and he says the reason why he has one parish, seven, four campuses. Right. If he were here, he, he would, would correct, he'd correct you. me. Yeah. That's accurate. But he said, you know why? He says, because I ask the men, I tell the men that if it doesn't get done, it, it's not going to get done. If they if don't, you do, don't it, do it, right. it's not going to get done. So Father Sean O'Brien recently came and spoke to St. Benedict all about what your priest needs from you. Mm-hmm. He came in and said, you know, I'm not your pastor, so I can be honest with you. And he, he basically said that, that if you're a plumber and you find out that your parish hired a plumber... He said, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you're a plumber. If the if the parish needs plumbing, you should be doing it, okay? Right. If you are a painter, then you should be painting. 
you know, and that I understand that like you can't just quit. It's not like you can quit your job and spend your days painting for free. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, maybe you get paid to do it even, but it should be other people shouldn't be doing that job if you know how to do it, you know, especially if it's something that you could volunteer for. Um, so like right now we're building an adoration chapel and he said, guys, all of you can paint. Right. You better be the ones painting that chapel. Right. Uh, because you don't need to, you don't need to be paying somebody else to do that. And when when he said that, I thought that is right. We should be painting that chapel. I can paint. I have a paint stick. You know, where you like right. suck up the paint into the handle. Yeah. And you can just keep pa- you can paint for days mm-hmm. without even refilling. It's right. it, 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 it is, is it's an incredible it's a great man gear. Like <laughs> if you have a lot to paint, if you have a small right. amount to paint. Anyway, um, the thing is that that is important, not because it saves money. You have a big parish. Money's probably not your problem. Right. It's not about the money. It's about the buy-in. Right. It's about... The owner, the taking ownership in right. the parish. It's about that guy uh, who comes to Mass, but you know doesn't have the, this deep spiritual life, but comes to Mass, um, is Catholic, mostly nominally. You know, but The Mechanical all, Mike. The Mechanical Mike. If you've been to Curcio, then you know who Mechanical Mike is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about him because now all of a sudden he paints the Adoration Chapel. He's in that Adoration Chapel. You know, he's proud right. of it. Right. I painted this place. Right. And so when he he's more likely to go and visit Christ in the Holy Eucharist because he's the one who painted it. He's for, part of it. Right. So um, if I think we shouldn't be paying people to do the gardens. We shouldn't be paying people to mow the yard. Um, mow, maybe mowing the lawn is kind of a big chore for someone to to do all the time but you could that it could be even better to have you know oh sign up for one weekend out of the summer mm-hmm. to come mow the yard well i think it's interesting when, when i go to smaller parishes because Haley and i travel sometimes and when we go to southeast oklahoma we, we go to these smaller parishes or when we go to the latin mat the fssp um parish it's a, it's a smaller parish but they're on fire and it's because everybody has ownership and it's like uh well um, my wife has to uh, clean on Wednesdays, you know, and I yeah. have to. And while she's cleaning, I'm outside doing the yard work. And while he's, while I'm doing that, you know, somebody else is taking care of the AC units. And I mean, it just seems like that everybody has this ownership and understanding of like, if it's not going to get done, or if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. And uh, so they have this ownership. They want to make sure it succeeds. They take it just as serious as their own home. Right. And that's what takes, that's what makes it a parish and turns it into a family parish. Right. You know, because um, you go to all these old, like the parish in Pahuska, you know, um, literally, this was, it was the wealthiest town in the, in the, in the nation at the time, because it was where oil was first discovered. Mm. Um, and so there was more wealth in this tiny town than there was in all of New York City. They were the ones building the church themselves. They were right. there pouring concrete, and like they could have, they did buy and pay for a lot of things to be done, like the stained glass windows. But um, still, it was like, oh, my dad helped build these pews and helped mm-hmm. uh, hang the or plaster the walls and stuff. And so, when you have that kind of, when you have that kind of thing, you are building Catholic into your family. You're, you're actually building the culture, the Catholic right. culture. It's like your kids are not going to leave the church that you built with your hands. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They won't even sell the house that you built with your hands, much less leave the church that you built. You, like, I, I agree. 
know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I get ba- so when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about what the USCCB, they put out a report back in the early 2000s, and, and a little bit about some statistics on men in general in the Catholic world. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We didn't mention it before. We do have Jim Spencer here in the peanut gallery. He's uh holding down security over there. If you guys if you guys ever tried to break in here while we were recording one of these shows, oh you would have you would meet with a bad end, my friend. Yeah. That's true. So I was doing a little bit of studying on, uh, on this just, topic. Just check this guy out oh. over here. Yeah, there you go. There's Jim right there, hanging out. Hey, Jim. So I, I was doing a little, uh, a little bit of study on this topic, and I, I ran into, uh, <laughs> funny enough, the USCCB put out some some introductory and progress reports on the commit from the by the committee of family and. Or marriage and family and the committee of evangelization basically on the grassroots movement of of men and their and their ministries men's ministries so these are lay ministries that are springing up out of nowhere right and this was back in 99 and 2002 but i think that i think that they're interesting i think that we can maybe learn a little bit from them but before we do i think it's important so if there are men who are wanting to do these grassroots movements uh wanting to take ownership of the parish wanting to to help out build this Catholic culture, we have. How do we help them? Because there are so many men that are flying out of the Catholic Church so quickly. It's it's crazy. Like Saint Joseph, uh, Cupertino. Yeah, they're the flying. The flying. The, the flying saint. They're, they're flying out faster than he's flying around. So it's really fast. <laughs> um, that was a good try. Thanks. Uh, you can't have a when you forget the guy's name. Who's, yeah, I, you know, it's I like, started hey, it. And it I was happens. Like, Dang it, I Adam. Forgot. Adam. It happens. Just most people. It's you know not on video and stuff. Mm-hmm. But here forever, we are forever. Right. Uh, but here we are. So about ele- so listen to this. About eleven million adult men in the U.S. were raised Catholic but left the faith. Which in is uh, what time? You know, in one year or. Uh, since since nine since two thousand nine, so uh, it says it's a Pew Research that says nine percent of, of uh, adult Catholics in general have left left Catholicism, and the census was shown that two hundred fifty million adults, and that forty nine percent of those two hundred fifty million adults were men have left the Catholic faith since two thousand nine. Hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot. And so I mean, there's there's study after study showing that about a third of Catholic men say they only attend Mass on a weekly basis. Like So even the men who say they're Catholic, only about a third of them, 36% of them, say that they attend Mass on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, you know, it'll, and less than 50% of the men strongly agree that it's important that their children be raised Catholic. I mean, how crazy is that? When I hear stuff like that, I get so angry, and I just want to say, get out of the church, yeah. like the rest no, of them. No. That's just my 
my anger. Right. Like how? It's like how dare you say that? Just, just get out of here. I don't even want to. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> you get you know, out of you, here. You. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, so I'm say I, I say all that. I don't. Not, not, I don't mean that. I right. just. That's. It makes me so mad. Makes you when, frustrated. Like when I would. The right. Fact that someone would say that. But I say. I, I say all that to say that, Poser that if we're going to have oh. if we're going to have men who are, are disciples, especially within the church, yeah. who are wanting to take ownership, who say like I have some gifts that I want to give to the church, um, and so I'm going to take my own initiative as a layperson to do these th- this ministry to fill this void that's a, that's a need within the Catholic Church. We have to support them. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the USCCB did a report on this that said, yes, we agree. It's, and I think it's interesting that they said it's cr- this crazy phenomenon. They use, they use the word phenomenon that, that uh, Catholic men's ministries are popping out of nowhere. As in, I, I don't know, to me that's just mind-boggling. Like, as in they weren't supposed to happen. As in Catholic men weren't supposed to be taking this ownership. Well, I think there was a day when uh, the, the priest... Was I mean it was his job to or people viewed it that way. It was his job to start ministry and you know that was his gig and that he started all the programs and that it you know right. I think there was a day where the priest the the uh, the pastors had more of a absolute say over mm-hmm. everything that one of their parishioners did as far as their work in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, they were more of a spiritual father. Yeah, they, I mean they they took their father role yeah. a little differently than what they do now. Um, so, so they asked these questions. They said, you know, why are men why are men doing this? They, they met all together. They met with a bunch of guys who are, who, are, who are doing these lay ministries, and they asked them. The USCCB, a group of, of bishops, said, "Well, why are you doing this?" And they realized that the main thing is was that there was the spiritual hunger within these these Catholic men. A lot of them went to these. Uh, in the early 2000s, there was this group, I think it's still going actually, but it's called Promise Keepers. It's a Christian group, men's group. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, and so they realized that there's a lot of men, Catholic men going to the, this group called Promise Keepers, but it wasn't fulfilling them because it wasn't a Catholic group. And so they, they realized that there were a lot of men who had started raising their families, who had started making decent money, who started achieving some of their dream, quote-unquote dreams and realized they're still left empty, they're still left unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And they realized, well, maybe that what was I'm supposed to be filled up with is Christ in his church. Shocker. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they started realizing that they wanted to... To, to give back to the church. Well, if that's the case, uh, well, how do we help them? How do we support them? If they're wanting to do this, how do we support them? Um, how do we make promise keepers, quote-unquote, more Catholic? Yeah. And so they, they, they realized that they needed to make sure that they incorporated the sacraments, obviously, that, yeah. that, it, that evolves around the Eucharist, that evolves around adoration. And that's, see, that's the thing about men's groups. I'm going to Get, get on the sidebar real quick. Help me come back. But that's the thing about men's groups a lot of times is that it can go, it, it can lean too far one way or the other, meaning it could go too far as like, uh, we're going to have three hours of adoration and then everybody go home. You know, not that that's bad, but you're not going to get as many men going to three hours of adoration consistently. Or it can be, this is just a complete social event and we're not going to have anything to do with the sacraments or, or our spiritual life or anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have to be able to balance both of those things. Of hey, that's why I think a lot of times there's a, there's there's groups out there that struggle because 
they either try to be too much of a fraternity or too much of a um, just complete spiritual warrior as far as just too much. There's, there's no balance, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so they asked them, like, so what do we have to do as USCB? How do we, you, as the bishops, how do we support you? And basically what, what they told them was, we just want you to, uh, we want more than the surface level Catholicism. Mm-hmm. We, we want you like we want to take our, our faith more seriously. We don't want this kumbaya type of Catholicism, but we want to dig into what our faith actually is. Yeah, yeah. And I would say that most of the time that out the uh, sacramental element is what's missing. I agree. I think that's, I, I think most of the time people err on the side of no sacramental life in a in a group. Mm-hmm. And if you, how, that would be a great thing. Like, you know, okay, your weekly group, like uh, like our Tuesday group, what if instead of meeting for breakfast, we had an adoration hour together where we all had, I mean, like, if that's what you decide to do, that is a, that would be a very cool thing. I mean, you would need some, you want some sort of social element to it where you're mm-hmm. having discussion and sharing, sharing the difficulties, you know, and stuff. But, even if that was all you did, where he's like, hey, the four of us, we get together every Tuesday at this time um, for each other, mm-hmm. you know, and we our adoration is dedicated for our families and for each other. You know, that that would be awesome. Right. And so the, so the bishops ask, okay, why are you doing this? And the second thing they ask is like, how can we help? Mm-hmm. Those are two very understandable questions. And basically what the men's group said was basically just help, like support us, you know, attend the the men's groups you know yeah. once a month or like you know help or help us with help resources us with resources yeah um we don't know necessarily what we should be talking on or like help give us direction yeah um i, I th- do i do think that's the most common question is what should we be what should we be learning right what should we be reading what should we be going over together right and, and because they realize that most of the time, and I think most dioceses understand this, they have this men's group, uh, men's conference. They have speakers come in. They have all the, you know, it's a this spiritual high, the rah rah. Yes, I, I I'm on fire for Jesus. And then you leave, or you, you know, you go to Curcio, you have this spiritual high, and then you leave, and there's nothing to fill that void. You you get back into the just regular schedule, you know, your regular routines, and it does, You have to have some kind of supplement to the actual event. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Crisio and all these other things were, they realized that you have to form these small groups uh, weekly to be able to supplement these, these big events. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so they, they said that they were meet, they would meet back and give us a progress report on the topic. Then they did in 2002, they gave us uh, basically kind of a understanding of what, what people, what men want. One of the things they said in here, and I think it's very interesting is uh, the relationship with women. They, they talk about the relationship with women in men's groups. So they, the understanding of equality and the mu- mutuality as well as the uh, appreciation of gifts of women, but because women have started taking over a lot of the roles that men used to take over or used to be in charge of, there was no sense of need or desire and kind of goes back to what you were saying in a, a previous segment, that men want to know that they, they are needed. And so one of the things they realized is because there was women, which is, I mean, thank God, thank God for all the uh, the women that have helped carry the church because um, some of the men have not been. But they realized that because of this, uh, uh, men didn't have this need or desire that they should be fulfilling it. So anyway, you can go on the USCC 
the website and, and read these. They're pretty short. But I just wanted to make sure that we understood that men have a role in the parish life that not only we're responsible for in the domestic home, but also in your faith community, which would be in your parish as well. So you need to get involved. Right? Amen, brother. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus.